Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. So I briefly want to go through um, a pretty typical case of the type of patient that we would see in the neurointensive care unit um, in a patient who's got an anti-factor 10A associated um, intracerebral hemorrhage. This is a patient who is a 58-year-old male who presents to the emergency department with acute onset left-sided weakness. And you can see on his head CT, um, he's got um, a right basal ganglia hemorrhage. This is the most common area for a spontaneous intracerebral hemorrhage, which is often caused by having untreated hypertension over a period of several years. Um, this patient has atrial fibrillation, is on rivaroxaban. Um, so some of the next steps that we want to think about in the emergency department certainly are making sure that his um, airway is patent and he's protecting his airway, um, but also starting to think about things that we can do to um, prevent morbidity and mortality in this patient, things like managing blood pressure, anticoagulant reversal. And then if he requires an external ventricular drain, wanting to make sure that we have that anticoagulant reversed adequately prior to placing that in the neurointensive care unit. Now, intracerebral hemorrhage um, is just a small proportion of all stroke, but has high mortality um, and high morbidity. So anywhere from 30 to 50% of patients um, may um, have mortality within that first six months. Um, and then um, up to three quarters of them are functionally dependent in some capacity at 12 months. That incidence is probably going to double by the year 2050 with the aging population, as well as more anticoagulation use. Now, on our patient, um, we utilize a factor 10A inhibitor reversal index in at alpha. Prior to this drug um, being approved in the United States um, by the FDA in 2018, in vitro testing had demonstrated that PCCs might be used for reversal. After the Annexa 4 study was released, um, we learned that about two-thirds of the patients that were enrolled in that study, or the vast majority, had some type of intracranial hemorrhage. And interestingly, um, most of those had um, a GCS that was still very good, a GCS of 14. And then 80% of those patients with some type of intracranial hemorrhage had excellent or good hemostatic efficacy when reversing the ICH. Now, within the next few weeks, we're about to get some exciting information. The Anexa I study um, is, going to, um, is going to be released. We do know um, that this study was stopped early um, because of efficacy in the Indexanet Alpha arm of the study. So briefly, Anexa I is a phase four multicenter international randomized control trial randomizing participants to receiving Indexanet Alpha or standard of care, which is most commonly PCCs. And this is for patients with intracranial hemorrhage. Now, these are enroll, uh, the study enrolls patients who were last seen well within the past six hours and were within 15 hours of taking their last DOAC dose or thought to have been within that last 15 hours because it's hard to always know for sure. Um, and then they had planned to enroll 1,200 participants, but as we have learned, um, this study was stopped early due to efficacy. 
So with our patient, going back, um, this patient was given indexinet alpha, um, an external ventricular drain was placed after that bolus and during that two-hour infusion. The patient required an acardipine drip for hypertension management. We admitted him to RICU, and um, the patient was able to be discharged a couple of weeks later um, and um, was able to actually be restarted on a DOAC. So we now have some discussion from our panel experts. Wanted to uh, briefly introduce our, uh, our three expert emergency uh, physician panelists. Actually, six of the eight people on, on the stage today are emergency physicians. But uh, Dr. Rick Boddy uh, from the University of Manchester, uh, Dr. Suzanne Jarholt uh, from uh, Uppsala, Sweden, and Dr. Martin Mokel from uh, Berlin. So would we like to, uh, to ask a question of... Uh, uh, Dr. Kreitzer, mm -hmm. please. Thanks, Natalie, for an excellent speech. Uh, my question to you is, uh, as time is key, should emergency physicians or neurointensivists uh, make decisions on their own to reverse or replete? I think for the setting of intracranial hemorrhage, um, the question being, should emergency physicians or another specialty such as neurocritical care physicians uh, make the decision about whether to um, reverse or replete, depending on what um, agent the patient is taking, um, ultimately that is, that is going to be dependent center to center, institution to institution, what you have available within those first few minutes and very rapidly. Um, but I strongly believe that emergency physicians, um, we certainly have the ability, capability, and, um, you know, should really um, be given that, that opportunity to provide that to patients um, with the idea, like you said, those first, you know, few minutes to hours really matter um, substantially, and we are the first people to see those patients. I have a Go ahead, question no, adding on that. Uh, you highlighted nicely uh, that there are two concepts, reversal or repletion, and uh, people being under ACH are prone to have a worse outcome. So do you think that all patients need to be treated this way, or are there patients where you have a kind of watch and wait? Um, so in general, with um, reversal repletion for patients who are anticoagulated and found to have some kind of intracranial hemorrhage, I think the vast majority of them um, should be offered the opportunity to have that reversal repletion. Um, the ones certainly who maybe may not fall into that category might be those patients with just massively very large hemorrhages who potentially are either non-survivable um, or, you know, for example, patients who um, have a traumatic brain injury and they have hit their head maybe a few days ago and they're asymptomatic with the thought that they've really gone through those several days um, and, and done okay. Um, but in general, just because hemorrhages are small doesn't mean they shouldn't be reversed. Um, and um, waiting until a patient decompensates, um, you've really lost that time. Yeah, the, it's, it's very interesting when you look at that. We've, we talked as a panel this morning. We got together and said, what do we hope people will come from this meeting with? Emergency physicians are going to see these patients likely first, and it requires, it requires expertise, and emergency physicians have that expertise and can gain that expertise to allow them to not just take care of the patient, patient but inform the various specialties that they will deal with, be it stroke neurology or gastroenterology or neurocritical care or, 
or whatever. So that's one of the things that we took as a, a take home from it is is the capabilities and expertise of emergency medicine lends itself very well to this whole concept of repletion and reversal. And I, it'll be interesting to hear uh, with Dr. Pari Jones, a stroke neurologist, because we will ask you that question too regarding should every patient be treated that comes in with some sort of intracranial bleeding. And I think that was an interesting, it's that patient that is solved, you find out that it's two days old with a, with a bleed due to hemorrhage, then that's, that is pretty straightforward. So Dr. Kreiser, thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, EMCREG International, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.